0: do
1: happen to sorry but the dogs here just freaked out (laughs) i was like i'm like i don't think that's my dogs (laughs) i'm house sitting and uh yeah
0: the dog's out of panic don't don't cut that out leave that in
2: (laughs) welcome to the financial independence garage where we give you the tools to repair your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. My voice feels off this morning. It's awfully early for a recording, isn't it, accountant?
1: Yeah. Uh, good morning. I'm, I mean, it's a bit of a change of pace because I'm drinking coffee, not beer. Yeah. I, I just have some water.
2: I'm, yeah, I, I had a little breakfast already, but it's, it's exciting because we're, uh, speaking with the expat who is overseas. So we're, uh, we're adjusting our time zones accordingly. Uh, so welcome to the show, uh, Mr. expat. Hey, guys. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you uh, you reached out to us. You've listened to the show, which uh, we really appreciate. And uh, you and I had a little discussion about the advantages of being an expat and, and how that can really accelerate your journey to FI. So that's what we're going to get into on the show here. Um, but before we get into the, the real meat of the material... Uh, unfortunately there's no beers to be had on our end uh, at this time of day, and I understand you don't have any either. So we just thought maybe you had a recent trip back to Canada to the Okanagan Valley. Do you remember any specific beers you tried up there that uh that you thought were especially good?
0: Yeah, I did. Um I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh the craft brewing sort of sensation that, that's hit BC. Um my hands down favorite is uh Fat Tug by Driftbird Brewery. Nice. Uh yes. It uh, Definitely has a bit of a kick, and I, I like the uh, the hoppy hoppy taste. Um, also, a big fan of your uh, brewery on the island for uh, Philips Bluebuck is is a personal favorite. And I tried something um, I can't remember what it was. Something unicorn? Uh, oh, the electric unicorn! Electric, electric unicorn. unicorn, yeah, yeah. The white IPA, which uh, which which went down pretty well. So, yeah, I'm based in the Middle East, so so it's a bit of a bit of a treat when we get back there and uh, get get some of that craft beer.
2: Right on. Well, it's great to have you on the show. And um, what we are going to explore is uh, living expat and how it, uh, it can be a major advantage on your path to FI. So just give us a little bit of background where you lived in Canada and what brought about your decision to go overseas.
0: Sure. Um, as, as you guys can probably tell, <coughs> I'm not uh, Canadian born. I'm uh, born and bred in South Africa. Uh, did did all my schooling over there, and um, when I finished university, moved to the UK. Uh, spent about five or six years in the UK, um, and then went to visit some some buddies actually for what was supposed to be a one week trip to Vancouver, and ended up meeting my my wife in a bar in Vancouver uh, on the one week trip that I was over there. So uh, things things went pretty well. Made the move to Vancouver lived there for about seven or eight years, and uh, then got an opportunity to work abroad. Uh, specifically, I'm based in, in Saudi Arabia in the Middle East. At the time, it uh, was a pretty daunting prospect to to head over, but at the same time, we we had a little guy, and uh, we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and we thought it might be a good time to, to pack up Vancouver, uh, the housing Prices there were a bit ridiculous, as well as cost of living, so everything sort of lined up pretty well, and we we took the opportunity and moved abroad.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a great opportunity to uh, to go overseas. What were some of the advantages that you found when you were making the considering going overseas?
0: I think the uh, the obvious main one for me, being based in the Middle East, is the uh, the income tax Um, in Saudi, and specifically, it's zero percent income tax. Uh, places like Saudi and, and Dubai and uh, the rest of the Emirates is, is currently still at 0%. So that's obviously massive. Most expats, when they move over for for job opportunities, get uh, pretty great perks too. Often includes rental assistance or full rental coverage, uh, coverage on travel allowances to uh, do some traveling or to, to fly back home. There was increased uh, vacation days, uh medical coverage. It was it was pretty much a, a great package. And depending on where you are in life, uh, for example, like I said, we had two young kids. Well, we had a two-year-old and my wife was pregnant at the time. Uh, the daycare costs in Vancouver were, were quite daunting too. So, this provided a good opportunity to move abroad and allow my wife to stay at home with the kids, which is what she wanted to do.
2: Yeah, I find it really interesting. You, we hear a lot in the Fi community where lots of people, when they you know reach fi or fire, they want to travel. You know that that's always the number one thing we hear. Lots about people want to learn about travel hacking, and I don't hear a lot of people talking about starting or using their career to go work overseas. and And I did this. I lived uh, overseas for four, uh, just about five years. I followed my wife uh, over to Bermuda to live there, and I think it's. You know the all those perks you mentioned. We need to dive down into those a little bit more because I they're just so fantastic when it comes to the impact on your finances. And uh, like me, you were probably also paid in U.S. dollars. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's not actually that hard to declare yourself a non-resident of Canada. There is a bit of you do have to basically get rid of all your assets. So that could be complicated if you own property, but it's not insurmountable. And that just comes down to the the tax liabilities. You To be an expat and, and not pay any Canadian taxes, you need to essentially decide that you're leaving Canada. Yeah.
1: And I, I think it's important to note here that the Canadian tax system allows you to become a non-resident of Canada, which means you don't pay taxes in Canada. Whereas the American tax system, they'll tax you no matter where you are. You could be living in outer space and they're still going to tax you (laughs) this is very true (laughs) so did
2: you find the process difficult uh when you left canada i mean when i left canada i was in my still in my late 20s so uh (laughs) i didn't have many assets at that time i did manage to keep uh, a bank account open but i basically got rid of everything else that i owned which wasn't much did was it a big process for you to uh to liquidate and organize yourself to leave canada
0: no, for us, it was it was pretty simple too. We're, we're in our mid-30s and uh, we, we didn't own any property. Uh, like I said, Vancouver is a bit out of touch with reality in, in that aspect. Um, so ours is pretty easy, in fact. I mean, we, we just sold up all of our um, assets that we had. Which, which wasn't too much anyways. The actual process itself is pretty simple. It's, it's pretty easy to actually just go onto CRA and research how to do it. You basically call up uh, Canada Revenue or Services Canada and you just let them know, hey, I'm going to be uh, um, leaving Canada from the state and make sure that they stop all child benefit payments or any other governmental payments or supplements you might be getting. And then uh, you basically leave, um, cancel everything you have, cancel your your driver's license, uh, send that in. Uh, you're supposed to cancel all memberships. Um, there's... There- I believe a CRA looks at two things. It's called primary ties and secondary ties. Pri- primary ties being uh, property and family. So if you're, <coughs> for example, um, when I moved abroad, my my wife actually was stayed back in Canada for a few months while we sorted out visas. And during that time, my, my income was taxable as a Canadian resident at the time. It was from the time that my wife left Canada and uh, my wife and, and kids left Canada that it sort of all became complete. And then from there, it's just filing your, your final tax return. Um, I can't remember what what form it was, and I would advise somebody to go through uh, a tax professional when, when filing that just to keep things completely clean. Um, fortunately for us, my, my company put us in touch with a, a tax consultant, and, and they were able to file that for us. But from, from that moment that you settle up your, your final tax payments, you're basically a non-resident um but that again is uh, that's not made for people that are shooting over for a year or two it's for people that don't have any real plan to come back to canada in the in the near future um and it's just a massive win when it comes to accelerating your your fi journey well
1: talk about the best return on investment of all time of having no tax <laughs>
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, as far as our journey goes, uh, it's, it's uh, US dollar to you know, a time when the Canadian dollars getting a little bit beat up at the moment. Um, so it's, it's definitely been a good thing for us. But again, that comes down to, to timing. But yeah, who doesn't like not paying tax?
1: Well, I mean, especially the US dollar right now, what you're getting about an extra 30% on top of that and then call it another 30% for taxes. I mean, you're up 60% right there.
0: Yeah, I suppose you could, you could look at it like that. And, uh, yeah, your, your savings rates in places like this, um, are, are pretty fantastic too. Uh, you know, it, 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 very much depends on what, how people want to go about their journey too. It's, you can get paid a lot in Dubai, but you could just as easily spend a lot there too. So it's, it's all down to the individual, I suppose.
2: Yeah. I think that's a, uh, an important part to uh, take into consideration here. And you mentioned it at the beginning that, a lot of the other advantages that come along with those overseas jobs that uh, are pretty easy to add up to a super high savings rate too like when we when we lived abroad we didn't own a vehicle so there's zero transportation costs i had uh, i was i was lucky enough that the company i worked for provided me with transportation which included gas so it was completely free transportation for five years. Just think about that living in Canada, adding up that five years of transportation costs, throw that into your investments. We also had, like you, we had a, a bit of a subsidized rent. There's no way we could have afforded to rent a regular uh, condo apartment in Bermuda, but because my wife was there doing a uh, scientific research, we had subsidized housing. So we saved a ton on rent and Another thing too, I don't know what you found, we were there for 5 years but you realize that it's not a forever place. So you're not trying to accumulate anything. You 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 kind of have the basics for a comfortable life and that's good enough. You know, it's not like you're living in your dream home in Canada and, and everything you need to renovate a bathroom or a kitchen every few years. Like that's, it's ridiculous. You just don't have any of those pressures over there. So all of those things translate into huge, huge saving advantages.
0: Yeah. I mean, to, to, to make it even, uh, even more enticing for you. Um, I mean, based in, in Saudi, there's quite a big Canadian expat community over here. Uh, we live in a compound, uh, with about three, Maybe three hundred and fifty other families, and your, your rental assistance. When when you actually rent a villa, it includes everything, so it's fully furnished. So there's literally oh, there's, perfect. Yeah, there's very little need to to buy anything. You know, you get occasional kids' toys, and you know, in these environments, you can just pick that up secondhand, anyways. And then fuel at the moment, I, I, fuel's double on where it was when I first arrived in, in Saudi Arabia. Two and a half years, and it's about fifty-eight Canadian cents a liter. Wow. At the moment. <laughs> so yeah so <laughs> Decent. it's yeah it's, it's it's pretty good but yeah the those savings are just just crazy so you could go from i'm thinking Vancouver savings rate you could probably you know save maybe 15 20% and if you come into places like like Saudi in the Middle East you could you could hike that up to about 80 85
2: and i think too a lot of um- the accountant has sort of the perfect job for overseas. I know where we were in Bermuda, there was tons of expat uh, accountants working there. And I think you can really step up your salary too, which is interesting. Not only are you saving more and working in U.S. dollars, you're probably getting paid an absolute premium uh, for your profession as well, which is, is another bonus. Yeah, true. So what about you, uh, Mr. Accountant? You ever considered going overseas for work?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I considered it right when I got my professional designation but at the time, I had uh, I had met a girl, and she wasn't about to be leaving with me, and I wasn't about to leave without her. So uh, that wasn't in the cards at the time. I would still consider it actually now, but uh, my wife currently really likes her job, and uh, it's based here in Victoria. So I don't think there's any chance I'm getting out of town anytime soon. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, Mr. Expat, you're part of
2: the... Well, consider you part of the, uh, global FI community. And you mentioned in our Get to Know You here that, uh, you finally picked up Millionaire Teacher by Andrew Hallam, who, which I still have to read. I need to read this book. But uh, it sat on your shelf for a while. You finally picked it up, and uh, you ditched the penny stock investing, and you're, you're converted. You're a converted index investor now. Okay, fill us in a little bit about on you know how you found FI, and obviously your journey is going really well because you're living overseas and banking a ton of cash. So, what do you do from an expat point of view when it comes to investing all that money you're saving? So, tell us a bit about your journey, and then how you are investing that money.
0: Sure. Yeah. So, when I first started investing, I uh, was around probably 2010. Um, I was new to Vancouver. Uh, I used to uh, be, be surrounded by some people that um, were promoters of companies and I didn't quite know, know the difference on these things. So, I always used to listen to, to guys say X company or oil and gas company out of Calgary was going to be the next big thing or this mining company was a great prospector so I used to uh, throw some money at some pretty well very high risk uh, penny stocks and and obviously got burnt on that pretty quick didn't lose a ton but that uh, it did shake me up enough for to to realize it's a bit of a fool's game to to try and pick these <coughs> pick these winners uh, my my brother in law suggested I read a book called millionaire teacher by andrew hallam which is absolute gold <coughs> for any canadian that, that wants to start learning about index investing. Um, so, I, I, I had that sitting on my bookshelf for, I think, about two years. I think I was just too guilty to, to pick it up, to be honest, just because <laughs> I, I pretty much <laughs> knew I was going down the wrong path, but it's one of those things where you, you just don't really want to be told as such so read the book um it's absolutely awesome book easy read uh awful title which he admits to it it sounds really cheesy but it's actually about a teacher that went on to become a millionaire he's not teaching you a gimmicky way to to become a millionaire um in fact i think he he told on the island too
1: yeah i believe he i think he lived in parksville for a little while or close to parksville
0: Qualicum, buckley bay area yeah, he's, he's actually a legend in the expat space. So, um, I read that book, uh, which, which just opened up my eyes to the, the index investing side of things. Um, from there, I, I started going down a rabbit hole and just taking in as much as I could, uh, got onto the, uh, Dan Bordelotti's Canadian couch potato blog, um, started following that portfolio and, and really enjoying that. Um, and then later down the line, when, uh, I think it was last year, Vanguard released the, um, single funds, and I've pretty much been all in on, on VGRO since then, uh, just just putting it into one fund, willing to pay a couple of basis points more just for the simplicity, never having to rebalance, um, and I, I just like that approach. So, uh, yeah, um, when, when I moved over here, um, Andrew Hallam actually released his uh, second book. It's I think it's Global Expats Guide to Investing. Um, he covers similar stuff, but it, it pretty much plotted out the path of as an expat, what to do and and how to do it, uh, how to be smart about your um, accounts, and and how to just invest for the future as an expat. So, so that's pretty much been the journey for me.
2: So, where are those accounts now?
0: So, as a Canadian non-resident, and I checked this uh, again. It's it's not to research, but it's it's pretty simple. Um, if if you leave Canada. You're allowed to leave your, your registered accounts within the country. You cannot add to them and you cannot actively trade on them is, is my understanding. So if, for example, you're an index fund investor and you're leaving it there for the long term, that's, that's pretty ideal. So we, we left those registered accounts back there, but we moved everything else out. Um, and we invest in a, a brokerage offshore, um, outside of Canada. I still invest in, in Bigro and, uh, the only, Tax paid on that is the withholding tax paid on dividends, but otherwise, the the hope is that one day when and if we decide to move back, uh, I could just shift those shift those back across. Or you could
2: just maintain it as an offshore account. I had the option of keeping my Bermuda accounts open. I just didn't have any any money in there to, to make it worthwhile to pay the, the monthly fees on
0: that. Yeah, it's it's definitely an option. Um, I like simplicity, so I have my sort of Quest trade brokerage. I'd like to keep everything together, but yeah, I mean, if there if there's an advantage, I'm definitely no tax expert or financial expert. But if there's any advantage to that, for sure we'll we'll look at doing that.
2: So it sounds like it's 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 pretty straightforward. Obviously, you know everything's online these days. so you know the money that you're saving and investing there, you can put it to work. you can get it to work into the markets using um, overseas banking. Uh, So that's not really an issue. And then down the road later on, should you decide to return to Canada, uh, you can make the adjustments. I mean, people move around the world all the time. So transferring assets these days isn't really a big deal. I think, like you said, we're not speaking to any kind of uh, like any kind of tax consequence or things like that. People would definitely seek uh, professionals to do it all properly. But it's a lot easier said than or it's a lot easier done now than uh, the way it used to be, I think.
0: Yeah, from my side, it's, it was pretty simple. Um, I Like I said, I, I picked up that book, followed it pretty much word for word, and set up a brokerage account, all, all pretty uh, pretty simple stuff, really.
1: So, Mr. Expat, when you're overseas, are there any specific investment products that are tailored towards expats?
0: Yeah, there, there are some products, but unfortunately, a lot of them are, are uh, not too great. So, when I read uh, Global Expat's Guide to Investing, the, the Adra Hallam book, I... Um, he, he gave everyone a warning uh, about these these products and salesmen. So when you become an expat or you go work in a, a region like the Gulf or in Asia, um, these companies are so good at connecting with you. Uh, my one connected with me through LinkedIn. And this company said, you know, we'll send a representative. We w- we want to manage your money and et cetera, et cetera. Came in, had a coffee, sits down, uh, said all the right things, um, you know, went away. Said he built me a custom portfolio. A couple of days later, came and dropped it off and it was just a a high cost mutual fund. And a lot of people fall prey to this and especially Canadians where they lock into these extremely expensive products with, with high uh, breakage fees. So, um, they'll lock money into these, um, these products. I mean, I don't even want to call them products, but, uh, for a minimum of maybe five, 10-year periods. And if you break those early, you could pay up to about 80% of the principal that you put in. So wow, people, that's
1: ridiculous.
0: Oh, yeah. the dreaded deferred sales charge. It's its brutal. So, he, Andrew Hallam's become somewhat of a, a disciple amongst the expats. So, what he does is he, he travels around the world and goes to different schools as an ex-teacher. And he his goal is to educate these people because they're a large population. They get preyed on by by these big companies. So, they, they absolutely hate him because he opens people's eyes to it and says, you know, there's a better way with paying, you know, almost no fees. You can pay a quarter percent versus the, I think some of these guys are going high threes, even into the fours. Um, and they're getting paid a, a ton in the commission just to just to get you to sign up. So, it's, it's a terrifying thing. Um, expats need to be aware of it and highly recommend that if anyone's going to go the route of becoming an expat and a non resident, that they read Andrew Hallam's book. It, it really is a great guide to what to look out for. Um, and you know, like I said, the guy sat down with me, said all the right things, and I, I went to my wife and I said, What do you think? And she said, Well, if, if we need the cash, when can you access it? And I said, Well, probably five, six years. Absolutely no way. Take a step back and, and, think about this and, it, and and I did and I read the book and it was just it was brutal so uh pe- people definitely need to be aware of that that if if they go abroad they they're going to be getting a call from one of these companies don't know how they get your name but they do so just mention Andrew Hallam's name and and that often leads to a pretty quick end of the discussion <laughs>
2: that's perfect. perfect just like oh yeah that's a great idea let me just check with my uh my online advisor Andrew Hallam on how he feels about that perfect i like
0: it I get a call probably, you know, once every couple of months. I uh, Often let the guys go through a full pitch, and you know, tell me how amazing they are and the returns, and then then I say, hey, have you have you heard of this guy, uh, Andrew? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it normally ends pretty quick. <laughs> That's perfect. But, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if once you're like I say, when you're in these environments, you're uh, you. Some of the stuff's not regulated. It's it's tough to to know who's who's looking out for you, but. Again, if you go the simple index fund route, I, I highly advise people do it themselves or so the robo advisor route, but stick stick to products that are recognized and and uh, legit. Yeah, well, we've
2: got it all dialed in in the FI community, and the nice part about being part of this you know even the global community is there's always a there's people to ask, and we can make the right decisions and not spend spend on those
0: giant fees that just eat yeah, away exactly. your returns. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's no point in. Moving a million miles away to, to earn a little bit more money, you need to have somebody take it from you. So, so definitely, uh, be educated.
1: So, Mister Expat, what kind of are your post five plans then? How do you know how much longer you plan on staying in Saudi Arabia?
0: Um, I'm not too sure. <clears throat> one of the one of the downsides, and I mean, we haven't spoken to we spoke to the pros of of being an expat, but some of the cons. Uh, of it is, you know, job security sometimes um, is, is not quite there. So, you never quite know when things could end. Um, so, you just try to squirrel away as, as much as you can for as long as you can. Um, right now, we have no real plans to leave at all. We're, we're very happy. It's a good place for a, a young family. But yeah, to, to answer the question, um, not not too sure on the post-FI plans, to be honest. the Top choice right now is, the aim would be to, to head back to the Okanagan. Uh, my wife's from there. Um, I love the area too. Um, and if I, if we happen to head back before I reach my FI number, which again, is a pretty simplistic uh, 4% rule type number. Um, if, if we don't reach that number, we'll probably end up heading back somewhere like uh, Calgary or, or somewhere like that where a little more affordable cost of living and uh, some, some decent job opportunities out there. That's um, if I post FI plans, nothing major, to be honest, when I when hit the number, we'll carry on working, not too sure what, what I want to do next. I would just like the, the peace of mind of not having to stress about money. That's that's my main goal.
2: Well, that that sounds exactly like FIRE, financial independence, refocus
1: energy, right, accountant? Exactly. I mean, I think that's the beauty of it is it kind of gives you the opportunity to do whatever you want when you're financially secure without... Ever having the stress of money,
0: I often use the uh, basically when talk about what we're going to do when I go home. I I said I'd love to be something like a UPS driver, get to wear shorts, drive a a van around all day, (laughs) and uh, get get some benefits and not have to just look at a a cubicle for the rest of my life. So that that'd be well,
1: especially in the Okanagan. I mean, the only downside is you'd have one really tanned arm from it being out the window in the
0: sun all day. <laughs> I could make it up sitting at a, sitting at a bar drinking a beer for for the rest. There of you go, day.
2: problem solved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my, I that's my table. I need the table where <laughs> yes, my right arm is exposed. Exactly,
0: <laughs> pretty <laughs> much.
2: <laughs> right on. Now, have you taken advantage of um you, you know mentioned there's uh you know some travel benefits with working overseas too and and I found that too just being in a different part of the world. We took advantage of it. We went uh spent a little bit more time in Europe just cuz it was a lot easier for us to do. We didn't have any uh financial benefits travel wise, but I know with some other people that I know that live overseas, they are given an allowance for travel. So, have you taken advantage of that to Go other parts of the world, or you, you use it just to come back to Canada. I mean, that's a, it's a nice perk to have some free travel, and everybody that loves to travel, you know, that's a big advantage to go and
0: use it. Yeah, absolutely, and it's definitely, definitely one of the appeals of being an expat is is having that. So, yeah, if if you work for a company that, that gives you an allowance, um, there's, there's ample opportunity. We, I wouldn't say we've maxed it out as much as we we can. Uh, the caveat being that we have a, a two year old and a four year old, and it really is. Just not that fun sometimes to to travel and, and put the strain on them. Um, that being said, we we've been to to Thailand. Uh, we went to Oman. My wife and kids go back to Canada for the summer. Obviously, the summers become a little uh, unbearable heat wise. Um, so they they head back for the summers and hang out there. Also, as I mentioned, I'm I'm South African, so we've we've had a few trips down to South Africa, which is which has been awesome because that's not. Not a really doable trip from from Canada, finance wise and travel wise. So we try try head down and, and see my parents as much as we we possibly can. At the moment, it's been about once per year, which has been great. Uh, so we've we've had some uh, some fun there, and uh, we we're heading to London for for Christmas this year too, which which should be good. Uh, we just had a a pretty brutal trip back from Canada. Um, our amazing airline, Air Canada, um, managed to miss our first. Miss our first connection and a, a twenty-one hour journey became a forty-hour journey with uh, five five of our eight bags being lost along the way. So we're
1: that sounds like the journey back from South Africa. That was at least my experience. Is it took me forty-eight hours to get home.
0: Yeah, um, South Africa is pretty easy from here. It's probably about fourteen hours. But uh, yeah, it was it was just a nightmare with two young kids. But yeah, is what it is, and the first world problem, I suppose.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is a first world problem for sure. But yeah, I'm a big advocate for, you know, no traveling on your path to FI instead of, uh, I don't, I, I hate hearing when people say, oh, well, once I'm FI, I'm going to go traveling. It's like, you need to make this part of your plans on the path to get there. And it's one of the reasons why I think this option of working overseas can be such a powerful lever in your FI journey because you get to combine the travel and the opportunity to do other travel while you're living somewhere else experiencing a different lifestyle and uh, and earning the money and and being able to save it i think it's just a really cool combination to put together there
0: yeah it's it's, it's been awesome and uh, we definitely couldn't have done as much i mean I, I think if we were back in canada um to be honest we're we're homebodies too so we enjoy just chilling out in the okanagan on the lake that that sort of thing uh probably be doing a couple of mexico trips but that'll be about as exotic as it gets so you know when we took earlier this year we took three weeks we went to thailand uh, to experience that that was that was pretty incredible um and then trying to take in as many sort of middle eastern countries um when the wives leave uh, for the summers we the boys will try and get a, a gentleman's retreat going which has been good so so last year we went to uh, Colombo, Sri Lanka, to watch the the cricket, and then uh, this last summer we went to uh, Beirut, Lebanon, for the weekend, which which is pretty good too. So we're definitely uh, taking advantage of that as much as we can.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds awesome. So what's it like living overseas with kids too? Like I assume if you're in a big community like that, there must be big school for everybody living over there.
0: So. For us, it's been pretty simple. Um, my, my son's only starting sort of big school coming up in a, in a few weeks. So when he arrived here, he was two, and my daughter was was literally a few weeks old. So the compound that we live on actually has uh, some daycare facilities, which, which you pay for. But it's uh, th- that's been pretty good to um, give give the wife a break um, so she can drop them off for a few hours. But um, th- there's some international schools around us. So there's two British schools, two American schools. And then um, a lot of expat opportunities will will often cover your kids to to go to boarding schools too, so so that's an option for some people. But um, as far as for us, it's it's been pretty simple up until now. He's he's going to start uh, sort of a kindergarten type thing in a, in a few weeks. So yeah, just catching a bus there every day and getting a few hours at the British school and and then back home and just uh, kicking on with his day.
1: Okay, so one thing I'm very curious about is how did you find your job
0: overseas? Um, so for me it was I work in, uh, in communications and I was working in the mining industry in Vancouver. I always keep my sort of yeah, close to the ground any potential opportunities. I've always been interested in the, the oil and gas space and, and the mining space. Yeah, I was just searching it one day to be honest and uh, something came up which which suited my role and looked into it. <clears throat> happened to be for a, a company in Saudi Arabia. Said to my wife, "Hey, would you what, you? what do you think about this?" And she sort of just laughed it off and said, "Whatever." Um, so I said, "Well, you know, if I if I take a shot and and apply for this, you know, w- would you go for it?" And a- again, I don't think she ever thought it would amount to anything. So so she said, "Sure, take take a crack." And if it, you get a call back, we we can chat about it. And yeah, applied for there. So it was just a simple Google search. I wasn't specifically looking expat wise. Um, since then, I mean, it's 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 definitely more on my radar, and it's there are a number of resources out there where you can you can look for these sorts of things. Um, I find it useful just to look for for large companies, and and look at the opportunities that that they have based abroad. So mine was mine was just an organic sort of search from the beginning.
2: Yeah, it's interesting how they kind of just sort of you know sometimes pop up and it, when you're not looking for us it was uh it was an advantage for my wife to move overseas and yeah I remember her coming home one day and just saying uh so I got I well she told me she was going to apply for this but I thought yeah you're never going to get a job in Bermuda she goes so I, I got an invitation for that job but do you want to move to Bermuda <laughs> I'm kind of going well yeah sure <laughs> Now I've got to find a job. I'm not an accountant, which is in demand in uh, overseas tax haven like Bermuda. But I think you, I think a lot of people would be surprised, like you said, how many opportunities there are for different types of careers uh, overseas. It just takes that looking around to find something you want to go do or a place you want to go to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I, I didn't think my my skill set would would be in demand but it was just uh, the right place right time and and the advert was out there um yeah i've got a, a good few buddies that were also accountants and then out of bermuda definitely looks more appealing <laughs> but it's uh yeah it looks it looks like a good spot to be but i mean yeah unless you, you sort of go out looking for it, it often doesn't just land in your lap uh, also depends on the industry i noticed that that certain sectors are, are always looking and you know more more than others i find uh on the accountant side is, and, and on the engineering side, there always seem to be opportunities based abroad. Uh, and it's often the, the places that you, you wouldn't really think of that are offering the, the perks that could really catapult the, the journey to FI too.
1: Yeah. And I think it's such a good tool of to, uh, I've heard of a few people doing it, you know, people that have gotten themselves into really bad debt or, People that are in Vancouver and don't think they could ever afford a house and really want one. And it's such a good savings tool, even if you don't plan on doing it for a super long time. But it's just such a great head start.
0: For sure. Speaking to the Vancouver point too, and like I said, I don't want to seem like too much of a downer about the place, but it's a tough place to get ahead. Uh, So to just put yourself out of there for a few years uh, into a whole new culture um, and and the sort of earning um, strategy. Can can definitely just catapult you ahead. I, I would say <laughs> years ahead, and and it's I, teachers are another one. Sorry to to just go back to to the subject of people in demand, people teaching abroad. I, I've noticed teachers in the Middle East uh, very well paid, very well looked after, and you know there might be people in Canada in areas struggling um, in the teaching industry. Whereas if they start looking at opportunities abroad, that that might offer them a, a solution too.
1: Yeah, that's one you hear about a lot is uh, is teachers going overseas, which I think is a great strategy, especially if you're trying to teach in a low-wage, high-cost-of-living area. It's You can definitely get ahead by going away.
0: Yeah, we, we met some good people in, in Thailand, uh, some teachers there that, that were working in Bangkok and just had – also, just saving a ton of money. Uh, and on the weekends, we're just jetting off to Piquet for the weekend, which was costing them next to nothing. Uh, and they were just living a lifestyle that they, that you know, could possibly afford at home. And, and they're just, uh, just loving life. So yeah, I mean, the, the opportunities are there to, to live in some pretty amazing places, meet some great people, work for some interesting companies, get, get some great experience in the resume. And then by all means, if, if Canada's where it's at, you, you could always head back there.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, I think it's also for people who hate their job. I mean, rather than just sticking it out and staying there and hating work every day, I mean, there's tons of places you can go and tons of different experiences. And I'm sure at first, even though you're working abroad, like it's got to feel a little novel and a little less like
0: work, I would assume. I think so. I'll definitely say so for the for the first while. Uh, as with anything, you know, it's it's, it's exciting um, and. Yeah, after a few years, it sort of starts to starts to feel like the same old thing, I suppose. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with that. You know, people are like, "Oh, you lived in Bermuda? That must have been fantastic." I'm like, "Well, you know what? After four years, it is be- it's become kind of your pseudo home, and routine. Your life's routine doesn't change. You still need to get up and have breakfast, get ready, go to work. You know, we weren't fly there, and by any means, we worked full time jobs. So, uh, it it's novel and it's interesting, and then it becomes like everywhere else, a little bit routine, but not to say it isn't uh, something great to do. And I don't know, I think people should really consider it, especially, you know, if you're perhaps single in your in your 20s, you're sort of just starting into your career, or maybe you're a young couple, you're not quite ready to have children yet. And a lot of people talk about possibly moving away from Canada once they're fired, you know, uh, Doing this geo arbitrage to move to a lower cost of living area. Well, if you had done, if you go and work overseas earlier on in your life, I think you can get a really good snapshot of, of how you react to, you know, having to travel, to live abroad, to uh, interact and, and just be in a different place. And that it can, it helped me because I always fancied living somewhere else later on, but because I did it earlier on. I realize that there's so many things about Canada that make it my home. They really make it special for me, my friends, family, community. I don't want to leave Canada, but I had to live overseas to learn that. So I mean it sounds a lot like, you know, you've traveled and lived in different parts of the world there, Mr. Expat. So I think you can probably relate a little bit to what I'm I'm talking about. And you know, home is home is where your family is for sure. But globally I think we all uh you kind of end up finding a home or a place you really want to be. Uh, you may, you may not be there yet, and then your kids are young, so uh, life will have lots more adventures for you guys. But it's an interesting one to consider.
0: And- no, for sure. Uh, from from my side, it's uh, yeah, I can definitely speak to that. A lot of people are always saying they want to live in in Thailand when they're old. Um, we, we did Thailand, and to be honest, I never quite quite got it, and I can't see myself doing that. For, for me, if I had to do the the geo arbitrage, it's it's definitely Canada, and it's definitely uh, maybe splitting that between South Africa too, which is obviously uh, a love of mine. So if if anything, I'd I'd be splitting it between the two way down the line in that in that, that retirement phase.
1: I love that it's just you can kind of you know live everywhere and you get experiences. And I think it's important. A lot of people talk about how they're going to do all these things after, but they've never tried any of it. And I think it's important to actually try living abroad and, you know, you might try these things and find out you don't like it at all. And if it's your entire post-FI plan and you hate it, well, what's the point? Yep,
0: totally agree.
2: Yeah, there's nothing worse than uh, having this big grand plan of uh, moving to South America and living in Ecuador when you become uh, FI and then get down there and a month later, you realize, wow, maybe I should have done a little trial run on this one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One um, of the other points to, to touch on too, which um, you were talking to, sort of you know young couples and and travelling. I, I think it's definitely uh, anyone with a family. This is a, a great opportunity to 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 get your kids to experience a different culture and and tons of different. Um, tons of different cultures you know living in a compound over here we're probably surrounded by people from about 60 70 different countries which which is so unique and also a, a massive thing before trying to make the move is is to make sure that your spouse is on board with it i i was lucky enough in that my wife was but if if you do make the move abroad and the family's not happy that that could definitely be a uh, a bit of a costly error in in packing up a life and, and moving abroad. So just make sure everyone's on, you know on the on the same boat. If it's uh, the aim of FI or if it's the aim of just trying to get ahead, just just make sure that that honesty is is there from the get go.
1: Absolutely. So what do you think are the most important things
0: for someone to consider if they're considering going abroad to work? I suppose personality wise, it's it's whether they're of of that sort of personality. I've seen I've seen a lot of people you know. Head away. I need to just turn around and just say, you know, didn't realize how great Canada was, or we can't do this uh, without the family. So, uh, yeah, it's just just make dead sure that that you want to do that. Um, also, things like you know, moving and perhaps one spouse won't be able to work. Make sure that that person's comfortable with that concept. Um, so definitely think about that. Think about where your kids are as well in life if you want to pick them up and and move them and, and their personalities whether they're able to just move around and, and make new friends and, and pick things up. I suppose your, your entire social existence has to sort of be on par with, with wanting to make the jump. But from an FI perspective, it's it's unreal and how good it can be and uh, how much further ahead on the journey it, it could put you. And you could have a lot of fun at the same time. It's not like you move to a place and live in a box and work 24 hours a day. You, you still live your life and you, you live it in a, a great environment. Yeah. It kind of sounds like phi on steroids. Definitely is. Definitely is. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's unique. And I, I think it's uh, for for a lot of people that are sitting there wondering if they could. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good move.
2: You know, we've listeners out there that are, this, this interest them and, you know, you could always just do a, a shorter, you know, volunteer or short work abroad before you make the, the leap into uh the whole um, non-residency part of Canada thing. I mean, I, it's a daunting. I remember when we were leaving, we we're thinking, "Wow, this is a big change for us." So there's a lot to consider, but it really, at the end of the day, it wasn't as difficult as as you would think it it was. And yeah, it's great to hear f- from you. Um, great to be on the show and hear that you know those the financial advantages and and the way it's just going to steroid your way to FI is, uh, is such a cool thing. I think it's I, people just really underestimate it.
0: Nowhere, nowhere near my number yet but yeah it's definitely further on the path than the way we were speaking to your point though just to sort of go back it's just come to me now of preparation for it I, I would definitely target it towards the younger audience because I think that makes more sense Canada's a, a strong passport to have that allows a lot of working visas into great countries like the UK Australia New Zealand my advice if you're out of university and you're not wanting to Jump straight into your career, or, or you want to start it off somewhere a little different. Take advantage of those opportunities. Um, I know Canadians. I think under the age of twenty nine can go work in the UK for a year or two. Take those opportunities, travel around, see see different things. Uh, worry less about the the FI stuff early on, um, and just get a taste for it. If if you if you like traveling, if you like seeing new things, and you know being out of your comfort zone, perhaps the the expat route is is the way to go.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point because too many people focus on, you read too much in the FI community about people just focused on, you know, grinding it out, saving as much, earning as much as possible, saving and in Canada and then go, and then traveling the world. We on our show, we advocate, you know, living the slower path and enjoying life and, and, and taking advantage of all, the, all these type things, especially, you know, like I did working overseas and like, like you're doing. I think these, uh, they're all part of the considerations of life. And as you get older, I'm, in my 40s now. I'm really glad I had those experiences. I sure would have hated to been in the cubicle for the last 20 years just so I could have them now.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, a great point. I, I had, had some fun too, got to travel and uh, buckling down now. But I'm also realizing, you know, I, I took in a lot of FI related materials. But if, if you live your life just literally just focused on a number and, and not enjoying life it's, it's going to be a pretty sad life so there's been a real joy when you when you do hit that number so you've got to enjoy the journey um, optimize it through uh, podcasts like these and and all the things you learn from that um, and then in the end when you get there it probably get there a lot quicker than, than what you imagined Yeah. I think a lot of
1: times people spend too much time worrying about investments and numbers and all that stuff. And really at the end of the day, I mean, it sounds like you have a pretty set it and forget it investment strategy and it's working
0: pretty well and you've got a great savings rate. So what's there really to worry about? Yeah. I've tried to, like I say, optimize as much as I can. I think we're in a a pretty good place. Um, I'm sold on index funds and high savings rate and enjoying time with, with family and and traveling and, and trying to see as much as we can. Um, well, this opportunities, here. Uh, that opportunity is available to a lot of different people. So definitely urge people to get online, look for it if it sounds appealing to you, and and uh, hit the road.
2: Yeah, and uh, feel free to uh, to comment on the show here or uh, you know, ask the expat any questions you have in the comments, and we'll make sure that uh, he sees them so that he can give you his opinion on them. And we will definitely buy you a fat tug when you're next in Victoria. You look us up, let us know, Fat tugs are on us. Yeah, you'll have to come to the
0: garage for a beer. I appreciate it. I I love Victoria, the, the Sticky Wicket, and uh, yeah, it'll be <laughs> be great to have a beer with you guys and, and perhaps do a do a show in person one day on on uh, Fi
2: definitely we always love to hear an update of our past guests and thanks a lot for being on the show uh, a second international guest which is fantastic for our little garage show here we really really appreciate it we had a great time talking to you i hope our listeners uh, are intrigued they learned a few things and uh, hey this is an option that could uh, really accelerate everybody's path to fi so uh, thanks again uh, for being on the show there Ms. mr expat we've got uh, another uh, name on the on the show now we got the money mechanic, the accountant, and the expat.
0: That's it. I feel like a bit of a, a James Bond character, so this is pretty cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, thanks thanks a lot for having me, guys, and uh, hope I it's, hope it's of interest to people out there.
2: Yeah,
1: thank you for coming on.
2: All right, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, reach out to us on the usual social media outlets and get in touch. And if you're curious about Live an Expat, drop us a line um, and we'll be happy to uh, dig into it for you.